Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to yet another episode of Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks. Tonight we have with us yet another very special guest, our dear friend all the way from the Holy Land, from Eretz HaKodesh, Rabbi Yirmiyahu Cohen. Welcome, Rabbi. How are you doing? Great. Baruch Hashem. It's such a pleasure to be here. Uh, I've, heard so much, I've heard so much about Chazak. I was uh, privileged to have been in one, of your, in one of the events in the summer, and I'm very excited to be, uh, to be honored with this interview. Yes, honor is all ours, Rabbi, and, and that event that you just mentioned, I'm never going to forget. So many young men and women, guys and girls came, packed house, no room to move to hear the Rabbi speak on the topic of dating and marriage. So tonight we're going to be speaking on that topic as a follow-up of that. Many people have asked for us to have you on the program. So the topic for tonight is the essentials of dating. So all of those young guys and girls out there, this is special for you. And Bezat Hashem, we're going to all be inspired. But before we delve into tonight's exciting topic, we want to dedicate tonight's program in loving memory of uh, our dear friend Boris Bechor, Baruch Ben Liza, who was just Niftar the other day, just passed away. We would like to also thank dailygiving.org for sponsoring tonight's program as well. Dailygiving.org, an amazing cause, amazing organization, do great things for Kalisha, for the Jewish people. But before we delve into the, to the topic, Rabbi, maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself, Rabbi, a little bit about what you're, the great work you're involved with. Okay, Baruch Hashem, I'm, uh, as some of my students know, some of them may not know, some of the people listening, I'm originally from Gibraltar, and, you know, most people say, Gibraltar, what's that, where is that? So just to give a bit of a geography background, uh, Gibraltar is actually an English colony. It belongs to England. Therefore, you may notice, you may note a little bit of my English accent. But on the other hand, on the other hand, you may also note a little bit of a Spanish accent because we are actually neighbors with Spain. So we have this, we have this, what's called this combination of being English and being Spanish. I could call it sometimes being Ashkenazi and being Sephardi. It's that Type of it's that type of combination where I try to be I, I try to be uh, warm I try to be understanding and try to get the I'm I'm trying to, I try to get the best of both worlds and the, uh, the way that it is is that I started teaching in Mikdash Melech Yerushalayim about uh, 16 years ago as a mashgiach and now I teach in the afternoons as the maggid chair and I realized that there are many, many teenagers which they all want the same thing. They want to learn and they want to get married. And uh, the same type of thing in the afternoons, I, the after, early in the mornings and the afternoons, I teach in Sam's and the same thing, the girls want to, want to learn Torah and they want to get married. And by the type of questions that they've asked me over the last few years, I've realized that many of them want to get married, but they haven't really thought about what marriage means. And it let me, it, it pushed me, all the girls and all the boys who should ask me questions. And I would realize that some of the questions are really not questions. It's just fact they haven't thought about it properly. And what I did was I started giving small classes, small tips here and there on, on dating and on marriage and on parenting. 
it was more built because of people's questions. So I realized that in, so I, I, sometimes a person, sometimes a person creates a book, creates a safer, he creates a, a, a series of shiurim based on sefarim, on, on, on books that you learn, on Gemaras and Talmud that you learn. And sometimes it comes through the, through the, through the opposite is that when people have asked you so many questions about dating and marriage and parenting, and you start looking around and then you start researching, I find that a lot of what I say is, is more than intelligence, it's experience. It's listening to people, watching people, hearing people. And, and then there's no better lesson than learning from people themselves. Sometimes you see what works, what does not work. And through a lot of backwards and forwards, I felt that it was time that I, that I wrote a book on parenting, dating, and marriage. One which is short enough that people can read quickly, but long enough for people should realize that what they may, what they may, what they be, what they're going through is not a big deal. But they have to find out, that they have to reach out, that they have to ask the rabbis, they have to ask the mentors. So that's the background of how I got involved in this this topic of parenting, dating, and marriage, which is a very passionate topic for me. Amazing, Rabbi Cohen, unbelievable. So let's jump into this topic, uh, the essentials of dating and marriage. Uh, Rabbi, what are the top traits to look for in a shidduch, in a match? What makes it uh, a good match? So if I would give you a black and white answer, then I'm only answering the question to one type of person. That's the first thing. When people tell me, what's the most important trait you need for, what's the most important trait that you need for matchmaking for dating for shidduchim call it what you want i say there's no one there isn't only one thing there cannot be only one thing because if there was only one thing so then only then people would not be getting married for example when it comes to when it comes to dating people say what's the most important thing so you could say looks looks are extremely important people People would, would people oh, people think that well when someone comes and tells me Rabbi I need a, I need a good looking boy a good looking girl they think it's something to be embarrassed about and I say absolutely not if that is what you want then that's extremely important that you choose, that you look for that now it doesn't have to be the most important thing but if that is if that is very important to you then then you have to go for it for example. The Talmud says, the Gemara says in Masechet Kedushin, Tractate Kedushin, that a person must see the girl before he gets married to her. There's no such thing that, the, that, the, that they, they set you up with a girl or the boy with the girl with a boy or a boy with a girl without seeing. Why not? What's the big deal? Let's look at the Midot. Let's look at the family. Let's look at all the all, around, all the outside information. Why, should, why is that not enough? What's the answer? The answer is because Chazal, the Hachamim and the Gemara understood that there are people out there, and to be honest, it's probably almost everybody who wants a spouse that looks good. And sometimes they're embarrassed. They feel, well, it's not, it's, it's not 
it's it's to, to say that my primary concern is that my wife looks good or my primary concern that my husband to me looks good that sounds very shallow it sounds very light it sounds very not important it sounds very like i'm not really being or not really being uh, deep enough but the answer is that if that is what the person wants he must that becomes his priority <laughs> another example some people say well I want some people say nobody puts money at the top of the list. Nobody does. Why not? Because it's embarrassing that I want a girl who comes with money or I want a boy who comes with money. It's embarrassing to say. But if the person is a person which is used to living luxury and that person finds luxury is extremely crucial for him. So for him, marrying a girl that has money or the girl marrying a boy that has money isn't isn't a nice thing. It becomes something that has to be. And what happens is when the person quells, puts down that innate need that he has because he's embarrassed. So then he gets, he ends up marrying somebody who's not as pretty or not as handsome as he wants or she wants or somebody not as wealthy as he wants and, and, or doesn't want. And afterwards, when the, when the insight comes out, the person finds himself, I'm not happy in this marriage because she's not pretty enough. He's not handsome enough. He's not rich enough. She's not rich enough. And I find the more, that for me, the, the more the person is honest with himself, that is the key to start. Being honest, what is it that you want? Some people may say, midot. Of course, everybody wants somebody with good midot. But some people, you know, everybody, everybody wants a wife that always says yes to you. Everybody wants a husband that always agrees with you. That's the, everybody wants that. But you don't always, you, you don't, in, in marriage, you don't always get that. Everybody wants health. So when you say what's the most important thing, I would say that before we figure out what's the most important thing, what is it what I want? What do I want? Do I want looks? Then looks is extremely important. Do I want money? Then money is extremely important. Do I want me daughter? That's the most important thing. Same thing. Do I want help? Do I want somebody who learns Torah? The person has to understand himself and see what is it he wants. And then that becomes the most important thing. So if there's a one most important thing, the answer is no. There's no one most important thing. It's knowing yourself and being genuine with yourself. Amazing, Rabbi Cohen. Okay, uh, so the next question is, what are the biggest red flags when looking for a, a shidduch? That's a very good question. I would say, like, I would say that the most, one of the most important, one of the most important qualities you'd like your spouse to have is the, the, the attribute, the midah of honesty. That they're honest. In this world, we know that nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody we know is perfect, right? And, and everybody is able to, everybody, every husband and wife is able to get, get along. Mr. Tader is saying Hebrew, we're able to get along. We're able to, to live together as long as we feel that we're being honest with each other. When there's a, when there's a couple when there's, a, when there's a, a young boy and girl dating and the girl feels the boy's not being honest or the boy feels she's not being honest, for me, that's a very big red flag because 
for example, if somebody has a bad attribute, somebody has the attribute of being of, of being angry. Cas anger is not a good thing. But if the person acknowledges that he has this, this, this attitude, this, this bad midah of being angry, and he is honest about it, he doesn't have to go to the shirk and say to the girl, I'm the most calm person and never get angry. But, he can, but he, he's honest. He can say, listen, I do have my, my faults in life, but I want to be a better person. I want to work on myself, and I want to be the best person possible. So what happens is that many times people hide and lie about themselves. You know, you ask them, do you pray every day? And the guy says, I pray every day. Sure, I pray three times a day when he doesn't. Or do you learn every day? And the guy says, yes. Or are you healthy? So for me, the biggest red flag is when the boy or the girl are not being honest. When the person is being honest, then almost every single fault is bearable. But when the person is not being honest, for me, that is a major red flag. Okay, honesty, very, very, very important. Uh, Rabbi, how does one develop strong communication skills when one is dating? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is... We're throwing a lot is, of fastballs at you, Rabbi, but, but you're a professional yeah. at this. This shouldn't be too... How to... Develop strong communication skills when one is dating. Okay. So... So first of all, first of all, um, when I started when I started teaching in Sam and in Yeshiva, I thought that being a good mentor, being a good counselor, being a good coach, and I'm working as a life coach now, uh, being a good coach is talking a lot, talking a lot, and saying advice a lot, and directing a lot, and basically listen to the person a little bit and almost like look at the watch when are you going to finish because i want to talk soon that is that is what i would think is communication so i would say okay so you're asking a question ask it already i got the question now it's my turn to talk and then i would let go and i'll go talk 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 and i thought that was communication and, you know, my wife told me it's not. She says communication is not necessarily talking with each other. It's listening to each other. And, of course, uh, I listened to her. But I wasn't sure if she was right about it. But then recently I did a very, I, I, was, I went into a life coach course and one of the biggest, one of the biggest, when people ask me, what do you learn about that, that course? I said, I learned that I can help more by listening than by talking. So that leads me to the, to the, to the dating. Sometimes the boy wants to impress the girl by talking the whole time about himself, what he likes doing, what he doesn't like doing. And when she's talking, when she's talking, he's almost like waiting until she finishes because he wants to talk. So he's not listening to her. He's just being polite and waiting for his turn to talk again. And sometimes it's the girl. She is talking and she is saying all that she wants to say. And then after some point, she realizes, hey, I must let him talk too. 
So she asks him something or she lets him talk and then she's waiting and saying, when is he going to finish? Because I have to tell him about what happened yesterday in school. And I find that when people think communication is I'm talking or you are talking, that's communication. So that's not communication. Communication is when you listen well, not only because I am trying to respond to what you're saying, because I'm listening for the sake of listening. So how do you do this? The truth is, if somebody goes on a shidduch, on a date with a girl, a boy with a girl, a girl, a girl with a boy, and they want to employ these tactics straight away, it's very hard because you are naturally wired to want to talk. And when somebody else is talking, to, want to, to, to let them talk as quickly as they can because you want to be able to take over. My, my thing always is, and I said it in my class that I said over in Queens, that when do we start getting ready for marriage? Pretty much from the word go. From the age of 13, from the age of 14, from the moment that you realize that you have to work on your midot. Listening, for me, is the greatest form of communication. Not talking. So if the person can practice listening from the age of 14, 15, 16, 17, whatever age, even right now, you may be 31, you may be 29, you may be 27, start to listen. What's the other person saying? And when you start to listen to what the other person is saying, not because you want to say your bit, because you want to listen to them, that's when the channels of communication begin. So I believe that is... That is a key, a key thing in uh, communication. Beautiful, Rabbi Cohen. Amazing. Love it. I'll tell you one thing. Our audience tonight is all listening. So they're definitely uh, getting. <laughs> uh, Rabbi, so many times there's a young guy, a young girl, they're dating for a very, very long time. They always have this question. How do they determine that this one is the one? How do they know that the one they're dating with, the one they've been going out with, is the right one for them? Okay. You see, uh, Rabbi Meirov, that is, that's a question which when people call me, and normally I have girls who call me that have been dating a boy for X amount of time, or a boy dating a girl for X amount of time, and uh, they don't feel it. They don't feel it. You know, the boy's good, good be dot. The girl has good be dot. Um, they have great family. Everything is, everything is very good. They just don't feel it. Now, when somebody doesn't feel it, it's, it's a bit of a problem. Because on one hand, no rabbi, no rabbi, at least unless, unless, he's, an, unless he's, a, he, he's a somebody who learns Kabbalah and is able to look to the future, no rabbi can possibly tell a girl that if you date him six more times, then, or you get married to him, you'll be fine. No rabbi can say that. You can take a risk, but, but it is a risk. Because at the end of the day, a person, is, a person has to feel, when a, the biggest berakha, and I tell all my students, I bless them, that the berakha should be that when they go out with this person that they're going out with, they should feel the chibur, they should feel the attachment, they should feel the connection. Now, when somebody doesn't feel that connection, then it becomes a problem because you ask yourself, why not? 
So what I always say is, let's start of all, let's first of all do a checklist. Let's do a, let's do a black and white checklist, a, a, an intellectual work. What are, what are the persons, what, what, what is his, what is his ma'alot, what are his, his good points, and you write them down. What are his bad points, you write them down. And uh, sometimes there's points which are in the middle. In general, what are his good points and what are his bad points? When the person... Now, when you have black and white on a piece of paper, that the person has more ma'alot, more advantages, more good, more strengths than weaknesses, sometimes that is that allows you to make a decision. Because sometimes the person, you also have to understand why the person is not... What, what is the dilemma coming from? Sometimes the person says, I love this guy. I feel it, but he has a certain bad attribute. So then we look at the we look at the black and white table. There's there's six good attributes and there's two bad attributes. That's not so bad when you have out of eight, 75% of 75% of this person is excellent, and 25% he has to work on himself. So then you can make a decision on that sometimes. The, for me, the biggest, the biggest dilemma is when the person does not feel the connection. Because if there's a bad midah, you can judge how bad is the midah, how bad is the attribute, how bad is the problem. But when there's a problem of lack of connection, so that is like, that is for me the most, the, 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 for me the, the hardest question that they ask. I've sometimes told girls and boys that sometimes you can create a connection. How do you create a connection? Because, you know, in, in the Torah, there's, there's a word called Ahava. Ahava is love. Ahava comes from the word, in, in Ahava comes from Havli Banim, give me. And the Ahava also comes from Hav, giving, giving and taking. I found, I found once that there was a couple going out and they weren't able to connect. And he had all the, all the strengths. She had all the strengths. The families were good. Everything was perfect. But they, they couldn't connect. They couldn't connect. So I asked her, does he give you gifts? So she said to me, he offers to give me gifts, but I always turn him down. So I said, what do you mean? If he gives you a gift, accept it. She says, why should I? She says, because sometimes... The channels of love come through masa matam, giving and taking. When you give something, you give something to somebody, that's called ahava. And when that person, so if I give you a gift and you accept that gift, so I've given you a gift and you've accepted it. So that's already, we've opened the channel of ahava. And when you give me back the gift and I accept it, that's also part of the channel. And and as a proof to this, is that whenever you ask who loves whom more. Does the mother love the child more or does the child love the mother more? And the answer is, especially once you are parents, that we always know that the parents love the children more than the child loves the mother. Why is that? Because the mother is always giving. We see from there when you're always giving, then you love the person more. And when you're always taking, you don't, then you, 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 you love the person because they're giving you. So, but if there's if a give and take, and husband and wife is should be a give and take the whole time, so then through the through the engagement, 
not the, through the dating, maybe not at the very beginning, but once it starts getting serious and it should be feeling it, give and take. Give her a gift. And the girl should smile and say, thank you. And, and the next time, give him a small gift back. And that way, and he says thank you to her. You are creating a channel of giving and taking. And I think, it's, I think that's very important to be able to, to enhance this. Now, if the person still cannot, still cannot connect, I, that's the kind of question which I rarely ever answer because it's a achrayas, it's a responsibility that it's too much to take on somebody else's life. The person has to make his own decision. You can help them get to the furthest they can. By the end of the day, the person knows his gut and the person has to trust his gut. What I would yes say is not to get pushed by somebody else who says it's okay, I call Besedin. You have to really feel this is going to work. Beautiful. Rabbi Khan, very, very, very great Chidush insight. Lehavi Hav is Ahava is to love. Beautiful, beautiful. Very, very, very good. And uh, we're, we're coming towards the end of the program, Rabbi. And before we uh, call it a night, we always like to ask the rabbis on the program to leave us with one last final message for our broad audience. And what I was thinking, maybe, you know, we could do something uh, that's connected to uh, Rosh Hashanah. It's coming up. And uh, the truth is, we should have done a whole episode about Rosh Hashanah and about the New Year and about the holiday and the High Holy Days. But the, there was such such requests for Rabbi Yirmiyahu Khan to speak about dating and marriage that we changed the subject. But in my opinion, the connection is very simple. We want to have a new start, a new year, a new you. And uh, what better way than to, to get all those singles to get married? So Rabbi, I'll leave it for you for a final message. So I... This is my small message. There is a Gemara, a, a Gemara, tra- a Gemara in Talmud in Rosh Hashanah. It talks about Rosh Hashanah. It's also, I think, if not mistaken, in uh, maybe Babaka. Okay, in Rosh Hashanah for sure. It says over there that in Rosh Hashanah, Nifkeda Sarah Rachel Veleah. Sarah Rachel Vechana. On Rosh Hashanah, Sarah, Rachel, and Chana were conceived. So that's what it says. Rashi says, Rashi says right next to that Gemara that Hashem decided in Rosh Hashanah we were going to get pregnant. So I always ask the question, I always had this question that what do you mean Hashem decided in Rosh Hashanah that they were going to have a child? Hashem decides everything in Rosh Hashanah. So what does it mean? Hashem decided in Rosh Hashanah having a child. That's obvious. I don't need to know that. Hashem says everything on Rosh Hashanah. What I realized the answer was that that true, Hashem decides on Rosh Hashanah. But when does when did that decision when the decision when 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 the decision to actually take place on Rosh Hashanah? Hashem Hashem already decided you're going to get you're going to have a child, and on Rosh Hashanah the Gezerah was actually done. Rosh Hashanah isn't only a day where Hashem decides it's going to happen the whole year. It can also be a day where all that you want is fulfilled. Rabbi, you were muted. You, muted for a few seconds, Rabbi. Yes, yeah, so there was a phone call. Uh, a person has to realize that Rosh Hashanah is, is the most crucial time of the whole year. And we, are, we, we could spend the whole year looking for a shidduch. 
We can spend the whole year looking for a parnasa. We can spend the whole year looking for help, looking for friends, looking for finances. But realize that Rosh Hashanah, and the more we pray, and the more we are, we realize that Rosh Hashanah is the day that can give us so much atzlacha, so much success. So what happens is in Rosh Hashanah, we're supposed to we're supposed to make Hashem the king, and realize that if I if I if I make Hashem the king, and the king wants me to find the right date. The king wants me to find the right job. The king wants me to be able to have the best shalom bayit possible, the best matrimony possible, the best uh, marriage possible. That is on Rosh Hashanah. So the more that on Rosh Hashanah, I'm able to, to say, Hashem, you are the boss and I trust you. Hashem knows what I want. Hashem knows what I need. Hashem knows what I would like. So on Rosh Hashanah, this year, we should all focus or making Hashem the king, making him the boss and telling Hashem, Hashem, you are the boss. You are everything, and we rely on you 100%. And Hashem says, oh, really? You rely on 100%? Okay, so you need a husband, you need a wife, you need panasa, you need help. I'm going to grant it to you. And thank you all for listening. I'd like to give you all a baracha, all a big blessing, that whatever that it is that you're looking for, whether it's a spouse, whether it's children, whether it's finances, whether it's health, mental health, physical health, whatever it is that you want, Bezrat Hashem, Hashem should give, you should make Hashem the king, and Hashem will give you everything that you could ever possibly want. Thank you for listening. Amazing inspiration, Chizuk. Uh, really, really appreciate it. All the way from Eretz HaKodesh, very, very, very nice words of inspiration. We want to remind our audience every single Tuesday night, we have Chazak's Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks with special guests. Uh, we want to once again dedicate tonight's program memory of Bechor Boris Baruch Ben Liza. And also we want to thank our friends at dailygiving.org. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. Rabbi Cohen, looking forward to seeing you very soon with the Geulah Shnema in Eretz HaKodesh. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you.